So we're uh, going to do uh, another message. It's actually uh, also in the Great Awakening series, but it is called The New, Entering Into The New. And um, it's a message that uh, uh, Pastor Mark Hankins talked to me about this week, and he told me that I was preaching it this Sunday. So I said, yes, sir. So I'm preaching it this Sunday. <laughs> and it's a really good message. And, uh, you know, I'll give you like a little tidbit that, um, you know, like, even in natural kingdoms, uh, well, we wouldn't call them kingdoms now so much, but in natural governments, you see that um, you have militaries, and they are arranged in um, orders, so that you have, like, uh, a private, or in my case, like an airman, because I was in the Air Force, so we were all called airmen. Uh, but they don't make all the decisions. You have uh, someone over them. So in my case, you might have someone that's over a flight. And then over that, you have somebody that's over a squadron. And then you have uh, major commands and all of this, all the way up to the commander-in-chief, who is the president. And so um, in the supernatural world, in the spiritual world, it's actually very similar. Uh, why? Because, well, natural people don't have much that they come up with that God did not already create. And the Bible says that God created authorities. And so uh, there is something called spiritual authorities. And so um, as your pastor, then I'm a spiritual authority in your life. And my pastor is a spiritual authority in my life. And the thing about spiritual authorities is that um, it's not so much, it's, it's very much like a you could think of it in natural terms like the presidency, like there's a great power in the office of the president that goes beyond any person who would stand in that office. So you may like the president, you may not like the president, sometimes you might like him, sometimes you may not like him, you know. Uh, but that's not really to do with his authority. That's to do with his personality. Well, it's the same thing in spiritual things. Um, you know, it's really about the office that people stand in, not so much about the person. Now, God loves every person. We're all, you know, special, just like everybody else. <laughs> but there are spiritual authorities, so I don't want to take too much time on this. If you honor what your pastor says when he or she is speaking from the office of pastor, then there is an anointing there and there is blessing there. And so uh, I pay attention when my pastor says anything because I'm like, ooh, I'm going to act on that. And when I act on it, I'm always blessed. So, and it's not so much about him. It's really not about him. I mean, he has a funny personality. But uh, it's really not about him. It's about, because he's an authority in that, if I ask him, honoring that position that he's in, whether he's even realizing it or not, I'll get things from God through him. And so uh, with many of you here and many that are not here this morning as well, I have experienced that in your lives, that when you ask something and I go to the Lord about it, man, there is utterance. And when I've seen people act on it and seen people not act on it, when they act on it, man, they're saved from trouble and there's extra blessing. So some people are like, well, uh, you know, submission and authority, do everything I say. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God placed... When Jesus ascended on high, like, you know, when he ascended, when he ascended, so it's like the last act that he did is he's going up to heaven. He gave gifts unto men, some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so if you honor those offices, there is blessing there. And he gave those offices apparently because we need them. 
So I may be a pastor, but I need a pastor. Everyone needs a pastor. And um, as I honor that, then, man, it, it, uh, it opens doors of, of uh, many kinds of blessing and um, saves me from many things that I know that I'm not even aware of, and I'm thankful for it. And so I just do the best I can to, to honor those things and, um, you know, follow the Lord. And um, the Lord always takes care of us. Amen. Let's begin by looking at Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Translation, first of all, and then I'm going to read it in the Message Translation. Do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you um, can quote stuff, but it's better really to uh, uh, look at it because um, it'll affect you. I don't want to read you this whole thing, so I'm trying to save time. <laughs> oh, give thanks to the Lord, Psalm 107, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered them out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way, and they found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. In other words, they cried out to God. They're wandering in the wilderness. They don't know what to do. And they cried out to God. And then he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city where they could really live, where they could dwell. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. There's something about your hunger and there's something about your longing that God delights to satisfy. And that he is the only one that could satisfy. You can have a natural hunger for like ice cream and then next year like partially satisfy it. Yeah, I mean, I love ice cream. So you know what? Last year, uh, when we were young, we used to make homemade ice cream. And Melody and I, we got for our wedding, uh, somebody gave us a wedding present of an ice cream maker. I don't know if I, I think I registered for it. I wanted it or something. But I thought, oh, I like to do it the old way. So we'll get the wood bucket. Man, never get a wood bucket because you have to like swell that thing before you can make it. So it's like all this preparation time. I don't like to work for food. So I don't mind to work 
for food before I eat it. But while I'm eating it, like if you like to eat crab or anything like that you have to crack open, that is not my favorite thing to do because I just want to eat when it's time to eat. I don't mind working before. <laughs> Anyhow, so I, long story short, we got rid of that one or we lost it or something. So I bought a new one last year, a homemade ice cream maker. Oh, so good, so good. Wonderful. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. Because, why? Because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. What happened? Now, listen to this. You can see sometimes your own life or other people's lives. You know, it's always good to personify stuff. Well, then they cried unto the Lord. In their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Isn't he a merciful father? Uh, you know, I think about that if you have children, or you help with children, or you have family, or anybody you're helping with, uh, the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. He is so merciful. You forgive others, why? Well, that you also be forgiven. Because if you don't, you won't be. And so um, if you want to grow in patience, look at the Lord. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression or, you know, because of their sins, they're messing up. And because of their iniquities are afflicted. Why are you afflicted? Because you get on the devil's territory when you don't follow God's commands. So it's not like the Lord's like, oh, you messed up, I'm going to get you. No, he's like, oh, you messed up, I got mercy for you. Come here, I've got mercy for you. I've got new mercies every day, every morning, all the time. I am the God of mercy. I am not the God of like, I'm going to get a fly swatter and smack you like I try to do these stink bugs. We did not have those in Michigan. Those stink bugs. Oh, and um, anyhow, I got one yesterday. It landed on me, and so I went, well, I didn't do it the right way, so it left its stink on my arm, and so then I'm just like. So it's like, you know, you sin sometimes. You smell the stench of sin, and it just like keeps following you. But you know why it keeps following you is because you have not, uh, appropriated the blood of Jesus and believe the blood because it says that the blood of Jesus actually cleanses you from a guilty conscience. So not only is the sin, the actual act, the commission of the thing removed from you, but the smell and the stench of that. Think about that stink bug. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go kill a stink bug. But be prepared to wash your hands because it is nasty. Their soul abhors all manner of meat, and they draw near to the gates of death. What happens then? Well, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saves them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. And, he let, and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Rejoicing, like I, I saw one time they said, rejoice is to like jump up and down and spin around. Like declare his works with rejoicing. <laughs> they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and rises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven and go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. 
In other words, they're going through life and they're seeing all this tossing and turning and what is going on. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man or at their wit's end. What happens then? Well, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. (laughs) And he brings them out of their distresses. He makes the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he brings them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Do you understand like that we live a life called, we're to live a life called the faith life by what we believe. And if you listen to what the Holy Ghost inspired the psalmist to write, that if the people that are going through these troubles, that they keep everything's fine, and then all of a sudden they kind of like, oh, okay, everything's good. I'm just going to live how I want to live. And they, they don't rejoice and acknowledge God and rejoice in God continually. Then the stuff comes back on them. But God is a merciful God because he's like, you know what? You just give me one opportunity. Just call out my name and I will show up like this. And I'll make those, those restless waters that you can't see. I had a friend who used to work out in the North Sea all the time. And he'd send me these videos of these ships with like 30-foot waves. And they're like, he was an oil guy, you know. And it was just amazing what you'd see that you're in the middle of these two waves and all you can see is this enormous wave that you think like is going to destroy you. In that, you turn to the Lord, you cry out to God, and it's a calm. It becomes a calm water. He makes the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. (laughs) You're like, thank you, Lord. Uh, So he brings them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers. This is where I wanted to get to, but I thought the rest actually fits the message very, very well. He turns the rivers into a wilderness, and water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. In other words, you get on the devil's territory, all the blessings of the Lord that you have access to when you are walking in line with the word, it's like stopped up. And you're like, what's going on? I thought, I thought the Lord uh, blessed me with all this. Well, it's when you act in the word and on the word that you partake of those blessings. So you can have two people sitting right next to each other, and somebody can receive healing in a service and the other not. Why? Because they're acting on the word. Or somebody could receive and the other not. Does that make you happier? Verse 35. He turns the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs or springs of water. And there he makes the hungry to dwell or to live, that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. God is a God of increase. He doesn't like stagnation. Like he said, I wish you were either hot or cold. Like, don't be in the middle, please. He blesses them also, so they are multiplied greatly and doesn't allow their cattle to decrease. Now, I'm going to skip down to verse 43 for the sake of time. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, and there's all these things he just said, even they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. In other words, no matter how many times we take ourselves out from under the hand of blessing of the Lord, he's right there at at the slightest uh, request from us to open it wide. 
to take that desert, that wilderness place, to cause a stream in the desert, a spring in the desert, ponds, lakes of water for refreshing so that you can live there and you can dwell there and you can be there. And so there's really, somebody said that there's three times that people will actually make a change in their life. Three times that people actually make a change. Number one is when they hurt badly enough that they have to. In other words, these waves are really big. This is really scary. You know, <laughs> there's a saying, I'm a private pilot, and I haven't flown in a while, but I'm going to fly soon in Jesus' name. Okay, so, but there's a saying that you'd rather be down here wishing you were up there than up there wishing you were down here. Now, if you've ever been, I don't know, maybe you've been that way in a commercial aircraft. Uh, I have been that way as the pilot of an aircraft. And let me tell you, that's a sobering thing because I only have like about 100 hours, you know, so you have some experience, but you know, like you don't have a lot of experience. And when the weather starts to change and it starts to close in on you and you know, like the gusts are coming and your aircraft, I, I fly light aircraft, uh, so you can only handle so much crosswind, especially based on your experience. And you're like, I want to get down there. I want to get down there. I want to get down there. And whatever reason you wanted to fly that day, whether you're going on a trip or just for fun, you're like, I'd much rather be on the ground. No matter what you're going through in life, sometimes the only time that we will change is when we say, you know what? I am tired of going through this. I am tired of living this way. I am tired of living on my own, like with my own ability, with my own power, trying to do it my own way. Those times, people will change. Number two, when the rewards are great enough. In other words, if there's a big enough carrot in front of you, if you see like the rewards of change, you can think, like uh, if your boss tells you, if you go get this education and you do these things, I'm going to give you a 50% increase in pay. Well, then that may be enough incentive to, for you to do something and change that you never wanted to do before. You may say, okay, well, that's, that reward is great enough, so I'm going to do it. Or number three, people change when they learn enough that they actually have the ability to change when they learn enough that they have the ability to change. Now, who's ever heard of uh, Chuck Yeager? First man, first human being to ever break the speed of sound. He started out as a private actually in the army and then worked his way up uh, to be what we would call a warrant officer and started flying planes. And then in 1947, he was working on a project to break the speed of sound. And uh, nobody knew what was going to happen. In fact, most of the uh, scientists believe if you break the speed of sound, you know, uh, you'll just blow up and disintegrate. Like, you, you won't survive. His, his uh, uh, X, it's a Bell X-1 aircraft that he broke the speed of sound, and it's actually at the Smithsonian uh, downtown. In downtown D.C., you can see the actual aircraft he broke the speed of sound in. And, um, you know, the day he was to break the speed of sound, the day before he was uh, riding his horse, and he broke his arm. Well, he knew if I, or his rib, oh yeah, broke a rib. And he knew if he told like uh, the medical crew, because they check you out before all this, so they're not gonna let him do it. So he didn't tell him. So he had to have like a broomstick to shut the door and do all this type of stuff because he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break this, you know. Other guys said, I'll break it if you pay me a lot of extra money. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You don't have to pay me anything. You're already paying me. So he goes up. And he breaks the sound barrier, but that was the first sonic boom. So everybody on the ground said, oh, Chuck's gone. 
<laughs> he blew up. He actually said, they said, what did it feel like? He said it was like a poke through jello. It was smooth. He didn't notice anything, but people down here had all that. The only reason I say that is he said, we found when we broke the sound barrier that the sound barrier was not the real problem. The real barrier wasn't in the sky. It was in our knowledge of supersonic flight. The real barrier was in our knowledge of supersonic flight. You know, they actually, a few years later, they had another guy that broke uh, Mach 2. And um, then it was about the same time for the 50-year anniversary of flight from the Wright brothers. And so this guy was going to be a guest at that party uh, known as the fastest man that's ever lived. Well, it was just, I think, in the same week before that uh, celebration was supposed to happen, Chuck Yeager, they sent him back up, and he went, he went Mach 2.44. <laughs> And he beat the guy. But when he did it, he was at 80,000 feet, and there was another phenomenon that they didn't have knowledge of that actually caused that aircraft to start to spin out of control. And he dropped from 80,000 feet to 40,000 feet in 60 seconds. And then he was able to regain control. But the real barrier wasn't in going that fast. It was in the knowledge of how to safely do it. And the real barrier of breaking the sound barrier was really man's fear. Like, what's going to happen? So there had to be one man that was courageous enough to say, you know what, send me up. I'll do it. And with a broken rib. Praise the Lord. Well, um, in our life, in your life, the thing that will really cause us to be able to break out and to break barriers is revelation knowledge. In other words, when God reveals something to you from the word of God, all of a sudden it goes beyond your natural knowledge. It actually goes beyond your personalities. It goes beyond your fears. It goes beyond your weaknesses. It goes beyond your emotions. So that all of a sudden, like I said uh, sometime earlier today, when you have one word from God, Man, you can step out on that, and you can have a head full of doubts. Like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But I just have something on the inside. I just know this is what I'm supposed to do. I just know this is what God said. So revelation from God will actually cause you to make changes. Now, uh, Pastor Mark grew up in a, a Pentecostal denomination, and... Um, they were always dedicating, rededicating, dedicating, rededicating. Well, you know, dedicate to the Lord, dedicate. You know, the reason that you're going through this is you need to be more dedicated to the Lord. You need to dedicate. You ever heard of that, you know? Well, you need to consecrate and you need to dedicate to the Lord and more than once. You know, I like it. Uh, who's the guy I like the quote of uh, from Africa? Uh, they found his journal and um, he said, uh, my Jesus, they found written in his journal, my Jesus, my Lord, my King, my all, once more I dedicate my whole self to you. Dr. Livingston. Uh, so, Stanley Livingston. So, there are times when dedication or rededication is necessary. But what happens is, most of the time, the natural mind wants to think, the reason that I'm not getting the blessings of God is because I'm not dedicated enough. 
because I haven't done enough. And you kind of like slip over into works. We're talking about like from Galatians with the uh, Awakening series um, that I haven't done enough. But actually, a revelation from God will actually cause a dedication, not the other way around. So you may be like, well, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm going I'm to do this every day. I'm going to read this much every day, pray this much every day, serve the Lord this much every day. And all of a sudden, before you realize it, you messed up, you failed, and you cry out to God. <laughs> and you say, Lord, get these waves away from me. What is going on? But the real problem is a lack of revelation of the word of God. It's a lack of knowledge. It's not that the sound barrier is actually that scary. It's the fact that you don't know. And so, you know, that Hagen said, if you pray the Ephesians prayer every day for six months, it'll change your life. Why? Because that's a prayer for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God and in the knowledge of Christ. Now, I want to read you uh, my favorite Old Testament chapter is Psalm 119. And the reason it is is because uh, the Lord has been feeding me on that for like 10, 15 years or something like that. And really, it, it all talks about the Word of God, not because it's the longest chapter. <laughs> it's got so many verses in it. But I want to read you a couple verses from Psalm 119, talking about revelation, knowledge, or understanding. Verse 18, open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Understand, when God opens your eyes, you look into the law of God, which is the word of God, and you see wonderful, wondrous things. You're like, oh, this is so amazing. So you see that revelation knowledge is the key to the word being alive to you and is the key to you enjoying the word. Verse 27, make me to understand the way of your precepts, then shall I talk of your wondrous works. In other words, why are you not talking about the things of God? Because you have a lack of revelation knowledge. Because as soon as you have a revelation knowledge, it hits your heart. It hits the core of who you are, and then it just comes out. It's not a matter of, okay, well, I know I'm supposed to say this, and here's the three points, and here's the this, and here's the that. It's a matter of you are actually living off of the very words that God has spoken spoken, spoken to you that have come alive in your own heart. Verse 34, give me understanding and I will keep your law. Yes, I will observe it with my whole heart. Verse 73, your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. In other words, how does revelation knowledge come? Well, sometimes, all of a sudden, the Lord will just speak to your heart, and you're like, whew, I never saw that. But many times, if you want to get a revelation this afternoon, get some scripture and meditate on it. Look to the Lord, chew it over. All of a sudden, revelation is going to begin to come. Boom, 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 boom. You see why I like this chapter? It also talks about your word is more precious to me than thousands of gold and silver. Well, if you put that in today's time, that's like trillions of greenbacks. <laughs> Verse 99, I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. In other words, not just because I hear it, but also I do it. And so now I have more understanding than those of ancient times. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Wow. Praise the Lord. 
Verse 104, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. So we're talking about this guy in Psalm, uh, what was it, Psalm 107, uh, this guy or these people that all of a sudden, they keep slipping back into what they're doing, keep slipping back into what they're doing. In other words, they're not changing. They're, they just keep going back to the same thing, back to the same thing. Um, <laughs> praise the Lord. Okay. <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, Therefore, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. You get revelation knowledge and you get understanding from God. And these ways that your flesh may be hungry for or your unrenewed mind may be attracted to, all of a sudden you start to hate those ways. You're like, that's not my way. Why? Because revelation knowledge really opens up the light of the truth of reality so that you actually see the truth for what it really is. You know, it says in the last days, uh, many, it says many things about the last days in which we're living, that people are love of themselves, lover of themselves, not lover of God. They, they refuse to acknowledge God. And so because of that, all of a sudden they're over here and they're given all, over to all of these things. But um, in the last days, it says that people will call things that are in reality good, they'll actually call those things evil. And it says that they'll call the things that are evil good. And so, but if you meditate in the word, if you receive revelation, understanding from God, you'll actually hate false ways because you're in connection and in contact with the truth of God. So uh, what we're talking about is if you want to have a change in your life, if you want something new, you want to forget the former ways, the old ways, you need revelation knowledge from God. You cannot learn anything, but God can reveal it to you. In other words, you're not that smart. You can figure out stuff in your head, but there's something about when he opens up, takes the veil off, and shows you. You maybe can't explain it with your natural mind, but you just believe it. And then you act on it, and things happen. And you're like, my God is a good God. <laughs> he takes care of me all the time in every way, every situation. Why? Because I have faith in God. Jesus even told us, Mark eleven twenty two, 22, lay hold on the very faith of God. Don't even try to do it on your own. You grab hold of the faith of God. Well, when you are born again, the faith of God comes on the inside of you. And Jesus is just saying, don't try to live by a natural human faith based on what man would say and what nature's ways would be, the ways of nature apart from God. Live based on what God says. I believe God. I love Paul's quote when they're on this ship and the ship is breaking apart and they're in distress and they're all freaking out, to use a modern term. Not Paul. He's seeing all this and he says, Wherefore, sirs, I believe God that it shall be just as he said. Now, there's a part of me that believes that he needed to declare that and confess it so they had the road to survive that. Because he had prophesied that that ship would break up, they'd lose all the stuff on it, but no man would lose their life. Because the angel, that's the angel stood by him and told him that. And so um, then he declared it. 
And that's exactly what happened. But when God opens up his words to you, there is so much potential for any blessing, for any avenue, for any connection to God beyond what our natural mind could comprehend. More than we could imagine, more than we could ask, exceeding, abundantly, above. Do you like that? The Bible doesn't say like more than we could ask or think. It says exceedingly, like way more, abundantly, in a bunch, above. So it's like three, whatever you call those. I'm not an English major, but you know, boom, boom, boom. You know, I see it exponential, exponential, exponential. Just in case you had any doubt, the Holy Ghost made it really clear. Uh, you're not even close to what you can come up with. Verse uh, 125, I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. Verse 130, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding unto the simple. Now, that can mean many things. Some people say, well, they're simple. They don't, they don't have a very active mind. Uh, but it could also mean you don't get things too complicated. You just believe God. So you get understanding. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding unto the simple. In other words, I don't care what your level of education is. Sometimes education can trip you up. Now, I encourage people, especially nowadays, if, if, if you're going to go to college, which is a good idea if you want to have a good paying job, but you better get grounded in the word of God before you go to any college. Because they are trying to, what I said before, Call what's good, bad, and bad, good. So it would be better that you didn't go to college at all if you're going to be corrupted by it. Jesus said, it's better if your eye causes you to sin that you pluck it out. Now, I'm going to say this for my wife. Brother Hagin used to say, that does not mean that you run your thumb in behind your eyeball and take it out. She would always get grossed out just like that. That means it's better that you just cut those things off in life. Say, no, I'm not, I'm not going that direction. I'm not doing that. Then, you know, to end up in hell. Verse 144. The righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. Do you understand that? The righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. Well, Jesus died that we might have the righteousness of God. In other words, we are favored of God. We're invited in with God. He wants to be with us, and we belong there. We're not like sneaking in. It's not all of a sudden like the security angel guard comes and says, uh, you're not supposed to be here. Get out of here. It's like, no, I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. I belong here. The righteousness of your testimonies is never ending. It's everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. What happens? If you want to have the fullest life possible, you get understanding and revelation from God. All of a sudden, you'll begin to see your position of righteousness and you will really live. You will live life, one translation says, that really is. Life that really is. And then the last verse in uh, Psalm 119, let me, or last verse that says understanding. Let my cry come near before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. 
So what we need is a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Once you get revelation knowledge, you will change. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, how can I pray for you? And I said, well, uh, I'd like you to pray the Ephesians prayers for me. Because I don't know any greater prayer that I would like to have someone pray for me. You can pray for utterance, knowledge, all these other things. But if you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, and one translation also says for acknowledging him, that's what I want my pastor to have. I want someone that's going to speak the word of God to me with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Because then it's not thoughts of a man. And my speech and my preaching would not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, the ghost. And Paul, was, that was spoke by Paul under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And Paul was way more studied than any of us. <laughs> but he said, you know, I count all of that like, like uh, poop. Dung, what's the, better, what's the better way to say it? Everybody's laughing at me. I'm not going to say the Minnesota version. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Romans 8, 2 in the Phillips translation says, For the new spiritual principle of life in Christ Jesus lifts me out of the old vicious circle of sin and death. The old vicious circle of sin and death. What is it? For the new spiritual principle of life in Christ Jesus. So, man, I really wanted to read you, read you that translation, but I don't, we don't have time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, just the same way that, like, you cannot supersede the law of uh, gravity here, the law without, say, like an airplane, which generates something that supersedes that, the law of lift, right? Thrust and lift. You know, if you study airplanes, you have to do all these little drawings and figure out how airplanes fly. Although nobody really knows. They just, we, just call those, we just call them those things. <laughs> and so the law of lift will actually take you out and above the law of gravity. And so the law of the spirit of life, or zoe, in Christ Jesus, sets us free from the law of sin and death. Otherwise, the law of sin and death is going to dominate you. In other words, you're going to keep messing up, you're going to keep doing this, you're going to keep doing that. But as soon as you come in contact with the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it sets you free from the law of sin and death. And real life in Christ is in you when you're born again. But the knowledge of that life comes through revelation knowledge. It comes through the Holy Ghost unfolding and opening up so that you're not trying to live the life of God as a mere man, but you're living the life of God as someone that is filled with God. Stand with me if you would. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any instrument that man could come up with. 
dividing our soul and our spirit, our joints and our marrow, going to the very thoughts and intents of our heart. So, Father, we ask today for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being flooded with light. Father, that you would reveal and unfold your word to us, the word we've heard today, but also the word that you know that we need to see and we need to act upon. Father, as we sit down next to read your word, to meditate upon your word, that we see with our spiritual eyes what you want us to see, that we hear with our spiritual ears what you want us to hear, that we walk not a life functioning and given life from our own ability, but Father, that we walk and live a life that is given by you. Father, that we walk in your word and in the power of your spirit. Father, I pray that you'd speak to each one that's here and that's listening even right now about adjustments, changes that you'd have us to make. Father, things that we can uh, see and receive from your word that causes even our desires to change. That we're not constantly working and trying to accomplish something, but that we're living from the source of life that only you could give, from the source of light that only you could show and you could reveal. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. But if you'd like prayer for anything uh, after the service, just come forward and we'd be happy to pray with you and for you. If the Holy Spirit... You know, the voice of the Lord is not as a voice of a man most of the time. He's kind of stirring on your heart, tugging on your heart, doing something deep on the inside of you. I encourage you, if the Spirit of God is nudging you to make a decision, to make a change, even to come forward for prayer, honor what he's saying, honor what he's doing. He doesn't speak for no reason. He wants the very best life for you and all of those that you are to influence, that you are called to influence. And the only way that you can enter into that, it's not by your ability, and it's not by the things that you can figure out, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. He will lead you, and He will guide you all along the way. And sometimes it's those small steps that we think, well, that's not a big deal. But it actually positions us to receive from Him to be in the right place at the right time with the right people and the right message that then he can pour out his blessing, his anointing and his abundance in that area of your life or that area of someone else's life so if the Lord is is dealing with you right now I want you to come forward so I can pray with you and pray for you and you can Get from God what He wants you to have. Understanding, revelation, healing, freedom. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Set free from all the things you could do or you could come up with. He loves you. He has good gifts for you. It's not really based on His ability to give them because He's already done all He's ever going to do. It's really based upon our receiving. He's not going to force you to receive something. 
He's not going to force you to receive the Spirit of God. He's not going to force you to receive even Christ, even though that is His will for you. every eye closed one more time if that's you you'd like to come forward please just come forward we'll pray with you pray for you Melody